So today we are here with Stephen. Listeners, I apologize in advance. My normally dulcet tones are slightly more echoey because about three minutes before this started, my headphones decided to break. So I am sitting on the floor of my bathroom. Thankfully, I'm an adult and I clean my bathroom. So it's not as disgusting as one would assume, uh, but I'm thrilled to be here nevertheless. And Conrad and McKenna have joined us today. Hi, guys. We're so glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank you guys for having us. So, listeners, you may remember uh, Conrad from the earlier episode we did around uh, Mudblood right before part two came out. If you don't remember what I'm talking about, shameless self-plug to subscribe to Creative Magic Podcast and listen to our full library of wonderful episodes. Um, But we were so thrilled with how that episode turned out, and and I know y'all were too. So not only did we bring Conrad back in the lead up to Mudblood part three coming out, but we have the wonderful McKenna joining us, who, of course, plays Muriel Warrington in uh, Mudblood. I was going to say, Muriel, how does it feel to be here? But that's not right. McKenna, how does it feel to be here? I'm, I'm super excited. Thank you guys for uh, letting me join. So to start, let's get a quick reintroduction to you, Conrad. So just let us know your name, what your part is in this whole production your house, and your favorite character. Okay, guys. So my name is Conrad. Uh, I'm the director of the Harry Potter fan series titled Mudblood, uh, which part three is coming out December 17th. And uh, my Hogwarts house is Slytherin, and I'm a proud Slytherin. And uh, my favorite Harry Potter character is Severus Snape. McKenna, before we ask you the same question, one question Danny and I had in the lead up to this interview was, are you a Harry Potter fan? Yeah, so a, a lot more when I was younger. So I was very into it, like in grade school and in middle school. Um, after that, I hadn't really thought about it much until obviously Conrad approached me and let me know about the film he was doing. And I was like, for sure, very nostalgic, um, very excited. I felt like I was living out a dream of mine from when I was younger <laughs> to be a part of it. So it was awesome. To that end, then we'll put you on the spot. Um, what is your house and who is your favorite character? Um, I am a Ravenclaw and I, I don't really know if I have a favorite character, but a few of my faves are definitely uh, Luna, Lovegood, Hermione, Granger, for sure. Good choices. Good, strong choices. Since doing the fan film, have you felt like a desire to dive back into the books at all? It's okay uh, if the answer is no. <laughs> I did have to watch a few of the movies like in preparation because I found myself having no idea what was going on in the film. Anything that was like brought back to Harry Potter. So I did watch a few of them. I think five, six and seven. Did you not see four? I might not have. Oh, no, <laughs> that's a that's a good one. <laughs> but yeah, no, those are that's that's when Mudblood takes place is between five and six. So that's when she was preparing. Yeah. Well, so that's perfect. So let's let's dive in there. We end part two, as our listeners will know, with Muriel having been captured by the sisters um, and, and flown away on brooms without spoiling anything. Uh, set the scene for part three and what we what we can expect from uh, the third installment of this wonderful film. <laughs> well, 
So now uh, Muriel has been captured by the sisters and um, she's been taken into this sort of uh, hideout that the sisters have. And it is in this hideout that they kind of, that Muriel for the first time meets the person that's been sort of controlling um, the sisters and kind of handling all their movements and all their missions and everything. And uh, whilst that's happening, Alvin and um, Merlin uh, set out to find Muriel and, and bring her back safely. So that's kind of where the stories begin. And then um, that's like literally the first like five, five to 10 minutes of the movie. And then things just go haywire from there. Like it kind of goes berserk and in all different directions. And yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty intense because the stakes have never been higher in this film. I was going to ask about that because watching part one, the formula, if you will, from the ignorant, um, non, non-cinematography mind of, of mine is it starts funny and then gets progressively more intense and darker. Part two starts very dark, as McKenna, you may recall, uh, crucifying a student in front of other students, um, but then gets funny in the middle. And then, of course, ends fairly intense and dark. Is there humor in part three, I guess, is the easy question. But I guess slightly more nuanced is. Conrad, as, as a filmmaker, how, how did you think about the progression of these three films and installments and, and how to kind of play with the emotions throughout? Yes. Yeah, so I knew that we needed a balance for part three. As, as you said, we had to have a little bit of humor and obviously there's the darkness and the darkness has to just go uh, further and further with each installment because we want to make the story more intense and, and more lively. And just to kind of mirror the Harry Potter books in general and how they kind of progressively went darker. Um, so then for part three, I will say there's less humor in part three than there is in one and two, obviously because the stakes are just so high, but there are moments that are funny. And surprisingly, the moments that are funny come after the most like, um, scariest moments in the entire movie. Um, so like right at the beginning, we have this, like probably the most terrifying sequence of the entire series. I call it my horror sequence, uh, towards the beginning. And then it kind of, there's, there's a couple of humorous moments, uh, sprinkled throughout, but you know, I knew right off the bat when creating the three-part story that I wanted to kind of layer it as the Harry Potter movies were layered uh, in the books, you know. And, uh, you know, hopefully the audiences are going to, you know, enjoy what we've put together um, come Friday, December 17th. So prior to us hitting the record button, you mentioned this one is also the longest of the three. So what is the approximate run time for this part? Uh, so part three is 42 minutes long. Um, which I think is about 10 minutes longer than part two. And I, and it's mostly it's, it's an action driven film. So I've been calling part one, my mystery, uh, part two, my drama and part three, my action film. So this one is just a roller coaster ride of just emotions, sequences. It's, it's pretty nuts. What has the, so last time we talked, it was right before part two released. And this will kind of be the same thing. We will release this on Thursday, right before part three releases. What has the reaction to these films been like for you guys? Um, I've had nothing but good reaction excitement, I think, for the third part. Um, I think a lot of people are sad that there's only three parts, but for sure, a lot of excitement and a lot of hype surrounding the release of the third. Yeah, and you've been recognized a few times, haven't you? Like twice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still, you know, pretty cool, you know, that you can just kind of walk around and people are like, oh my God, you're the girl from Mudblood, which is awesome. Yeah, the fans, uh, the Harry Potter fans, I mean, obviously we're Harry Potter fans, have been just so supportive of the series 
and you know have have treated it with such you know respect and and we the response that we've gotten has has been just so overwhelming and and so wonderful so we're so appreciative of everyone you know watching this series so do you have any plans to kind of continue on with this or is this a you're going to release the third and be done move on to other projects well, you know, we've been asked uh, quite a few times if there's going to be, you know, anything else with the within the wizarding world. And obviously, Mudblood ends with three. There is no four. I mean, you you will see a very definitive ending in Mudblood Part Three. But that's not to say that we can't dive into it again in the future. I'm not ruling it out by any means. Um, th- these films definitely took a lot out of me while making them. I mean, it's been like a year and a half of our lives just doing it nonstop. It's all we've thought about for like a year and a half, like nothing else. Um, but, but, you know, but there are stories that, that there's room to tell. I mean, um, there's, there's several that I've been developing secretly that if I ever do them and if I have the right budget or if anyone calls like say Wonder Brothers or HBO, I'm like, okay, well, I have all these different stories that we could do, uh, which would be great. Then I'll call you McKenna and then you'll have to watch Goblet of Fire this time. <laughs> and then we can do those, those other movies. McKenna, I'm curious for you as someone who, um, hasn't been as engaged with Harry Potter as an adult in the heaviest of air quotes, as certainly, you know, Danny or I doing this bizarre podcast, but also Conrad, who has said, you know, said in our last podcast that, you know, a Harry Potter production was always his kind of original dream as a child, right? What has engaging with the fan community felt like as you, for you as an, as an actress kind of going through this process over the past year and a half? Um, it's been, it's been pretty great. I've had a lot of Harry Potter fans reach out to me and I feel like I'm constantly learning from them and it's just really awesome. I think it's been bringing me back to when I was a fan of Harry Potter and I still am. And I think that's like, uh, it's like helping me like relive that. And I'm definitely getting more into it now than I was. So of course, with Mudblood and everything and all the research I've been doing, uh, getting more into it. For sure. Do you find yourself casting random spells as you go around your daily life now? <laughs> um, I would say no, but now every time that I see something or hear something like Harry Potter related, I feel like so connected to it. Um, in New York, I went to the Harry Potter store and I was like, oh, this is my place, you know? Do you have an inkling that you want a dark mark tattoo now because as we all know there's nothing problematic with walking around in the real world with the dark mark tattoo right um you know what i'll have to consider it thanks for the idea if mudblood part three gets 10 million views i think mckenna <laughs> will get a dark mark tattoo well that's that's you know you, you say that in some level of jest um one in two right now, as of reporting on YouTube, have about like 1.3, 1.4 million views cumulatively, which is wild. I mean, you know, I have not been in the fan community that long relative to how long the franchise has been around in pop culture. But I know just through, you know, osmosis, there have been a fair share of, you know, fan art, you know, creations and efforts and not commenting on their quality whatsoever. They just haven't had as much traction as it seems Mudblood has. What do y'all attribute that to? Um, I don't know, just a lot of hard work and TikTok, I guess. Um, <laughs> because it's funny because you know, I when I developed Mudblood, I cast McKenna right away, and and I knew that I wanted to do a film, and we've done so many films together, McKenna and I. 
but you know, uh, the viewership has been, you know, a couple of thousand views here and there, you know, if we're lucky, but mostly we just, we'd go to film festivals and we tour the festivals and that's how we'd get exposure. Um, now for Mudblood, it was one of those things where I knew that we weren't going to get money. It was going to be like a free thing, but I just wanted to see what it was like, uh, with no expectations. And the fact that people have embraced it so, you know, so quickly and, and you know, and, 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 and once we started advertising on TikTok and on social media, it just sort of exploded. We had no idea what to expect. Um, so after part one came out, then there was an expectation for parts two and three. For during part one, I, you know, I'm like, okay, I can fail and no one's gonna see this movie, whatever. Uh, but you know, after one came out, I'm like, oh my God, now I know for a fact we'll have, you know, at least 50, 60,000 people watching this. Oh, for sure. And that's a lot that of pressure. That was a few panic attacks after I realized, I was like, oh man, I, I should have done my makeup better. Like, oh, my hair, like it, once you realize so many people are watching, it gets uh, complicated. A couple more questions for me. And then Danny, I promise I will share the microphone. Um, you talked about how, you know, Conrad, you and McKenna have a, a, strong history together collaborating i guess for you mckenna did you have much of a a say in building muriel's character and, and and how did that relationship work and then i guess flip side of that conrad you said you cast mckenna immediately how much of muriel is written specifically to mckenna i'll let you answer first um i think you know, especially when you're doing an original character like this, it's all about actress like interpretation. Um, if somebody else had been cast as Muriel, she would have been completely different because there are things about her that I can relate to myself and my own life. And I, I definitely feel as though I brought that into the film. And not not only was Muriel kind of written with the expectation that I would play her, but I did interpret her in a way that I felt like was real and genuine to me. Yeah. And, you know, when I wrote Mudblood, I, I was, I had already cast McKenna. I mean, the role was written for McKenna, which is, she's the only actress that, that had an immediate role. Uh, Cause I knew we wanted to work together again. Uh, Cause we had done a couple of films together. Um, and, you know, there was no one else in my mind that could play Muriel. I mean, it was kind of specifically written for her. And then it was really funny because when we were doing the posters, McKenna just said to me, I'm terrible at British accents. That was like the first thing <laughs> well, she told, he me. told me. He was like, can you do a British accent? I was like, uh, no, not really. And then he was like, oh, just read this line. And so I did. And he was like, all right, you know, we'll work on it. Uh, we'll get you someone to work with. So uh, that was like, oh, that was the hardest part. Was getting well, I was, accent. I was going to ask about that. That was my next question because I actually thought your accent was quite nice. How <laughs> did you? I quite honestly, I had no idea logging onto this Zoom if you were going to have a British accent or not. <laughs> um, so, how did you develop that? Yeah. So I had um, some dialect coaches and stuff, uh, friends of mine, and for part three, what I found was so 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 helpful. And I was like, where has this been all my life? was we had a girl who did have a British accent mm. and she read the script for me. And then before I would do it, I'd listen to her voice and then copy the way she had the accent. So that was so helpful. A lot of training. Um, and then it's funny because I actually, I found McKenna's script, which I brought with me, actually. I brought McKenna's script and she would have extensive notes on pronunciation. <laughs> like I've never seen a script so detailed with how to pronounce spells, certain words. She would even have the one movement for each spell down. It's a meticulous amount of preparation. Yeah, it's, it takes a lot of 
practice and going through the script and every single word and finding out how to pronounce it correctly, uh, make it sound good. Yeah. How engaged do you plan to be with this once you release that final portion? Is it something you're going to still just like share and be part of the community or is it something that you're like, okay, we're going to just move on? Um, for me personally, I mean, I feel like I'm now embedded uh, into the Harry Potter world and community. Uh, like my social media is entirely Harry Potter based. Every social media, no matter what I do, I open Instagram, I open Facebook, I open, uh, you know, TikTok. It's all Harry Potter. So at this, and it's funny because I, I, you know, and I like some interesting things that people are posting. I'm always discovering new facts and new things. And, you know, and I've been a Harry Potter fan myself for a long time. Uh, you know, since I was, you know, a little kid. So this, this is something that I think both McKenna and I will just hold dear and, and continue promoting until, you know, until the next Wizarding World, you know, movie comes along. I agree for sure. There's always going to be, Harry Potter is always going to be a part of me now more than, more than ever. Last time we talked, Conrad, we talked a lot about all of the locations that you filmed at uh, around Ohio and, and how important that was to you, you know, kind of giving back, for lack of a better word, to, to the local community. So I guess a two-part question, which is, for both of y'all, A, of the things that we have seen on screen thus far, is there a favorite location, scene, set that stands out? And then, you know, B, um, without giving anything away, did the scenes and, and locations expand for part three? And, and how did you go about uh, finding those? You want to take on the first one? I'll take on the second <laughs> no. one. No? Okay. Um, well, uh, there is a lot of locations in part three, um, most of which I'd say 90% of them are new locations and they're massive. Um, you know, we do see some familiar sets, um, but for the most part, they are brand new and they're pretty epic. I think m- my personal favorite was these ledges. Um, it's like these caves, these ledges that was just a lot of greenery, this spectacular greenery. It reminded me of like Skull Island from King Kong. Like it was just, it felt so eerie and 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 it's pretty cool. And it was a very dangerous location now that I think about it because it was just so narrow. And uh, one of our actors, Evan, actually, I think he's like sprained his, he was that his wrist? sprained his wrist. Yeah, his wrist. He was, yeah, he was, he was dodging spells uh, and then he just kind of fell. As he was trying That's what to, you get when you do your own stunts. And he was going extremely fast. And I said, slow down, slow down. He just booked it. And it I mean, it's on camera, so you might not see the actual fall, but uh, you see him sprinting as he's dodging spells. So it's so, yeah, but um, but there's a lot of new locations. Um, some of the most impressive ones that we acquired for part three were um, since we filmed in Cleveland, we filmed at the Cleveland Art Museum, which is one of the most luxurious ones in the country. And I was really kind of surprised how we got permission to film there and um, we also filmed at the main Cleveland Public Library which is also enormous and yeah we had some really just kind of massive sets um, for this and you know it's it's it they look beautiful they look gorgeous on 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 film and I'm excited for people to see it McKenna you're not getting out of answering for parts one and two uh, if you have a favorite scene or favorite location or anything of the sort um I I hate filming outside I <laughs> Conrad knows for sure. Um, I hate the cold and we filmed a lot in like December or like early like March. Um, freezing cold, hated it. I would say my favorite set that we had was in part one, the house, the mansion, like yeah. right at the beginning. 
it was like the coolest house I've ever seen. Very historical, like massive. Everything about it, every room was beautiful. I wanted to use every room. It, yeah, one of the best sets we've had. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think we've topped it. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I don't well know. not without yeah. spoiling. Yeah, not without spoiling. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's one set that we can't talk about for part three, which comes towards the end, which the audience will see. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're excited to see it. What? Like looking back now that you are done filming um, and the third's about to release, how would you like lump your whole experience from beginning and even like before you officially started through filming the entire set? My feelings about being done finally, basically I'm done. Um, these guys aren't done, but it's, it's bittersweet because it, was obviously like a wonderful experience. I'm not going to undermine that. Like I'm, I'm absolutely living the dream and I, I made so many friends and it's so sad to, to leave them. But at the same time, there's, there's going to be better things for us in the future, bigger things. Um, It's so, so challenging to, to film a movie that people already have expectations on, which I think a lot of people don't, don't realize at first is you know there's so many expectations that are already on attached to Harry Potter and it's so so hard to live up to that and when there's so many people watching you and I'm a senior now in high school when I when we started filming I was a junior and just balancing everything was completely insane but I wouldn't no 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 no, no, no. We're, we're, we're interrupting you I'm podcast etiquette out the window you're in high school <laughs> yes <laughs> You are so dang talented and so well-spoken to only be in high school. Holy crap. Thank you. Wow. I'm sorry. Please continue. But I am Danny, did you know that? My mind is. She was doing finals when we were doing the big scenes. One of the days I missed, I missed three days of school so that we could film in part one. And the next day I had finals and I was. Oh, miserable, but I, I'm so, I'm so lucky still. I think um, it was all worth it. So with that, I'm assuming that you were relatively local to where everything was being filmed. Mm-hmm. Was most of your cast and crew locals or did you have people that had to travel? I know there was a guest appearance in part two. Mm. Um, oh yes. Aww. Yes. Carrie, yeah. Carrie, it was amazing. Oh, she's fantastic. Oh my goodness. And Carrie did come down for part three. She wasn't in it, but she was helping us with other characters, um, which I'm not going to talk about too much, but, um, but yeah, we, we, we had people from, from Pennsylvania. We had people from Illinois. Um, where else? All over. Yeah. Like literally all over the place Las from, oh, from Las Vegas. I mean, we had people traveling from, Oh, from, I'm sorry, from Philadelphia as well. From Houston, Texas. I mean, we had a big cast from all over the country this time around. Yeah. In part three, like the amount of new people that we have, mm-hmm. the amount of new people that we have so much more, uh, so many talented people came in and it was nice. Yeah, it was really cool. It was, and it, we had a bigger crew as well. Like the crew for part three was much larger than part one and two. And that made things easier, but we, it also, you know, there was a longer movie. So we had, it was more pressure. We had, you know, to finish everything in 12 days. We shot the whole thing in 12 days, which yeah. is kind of crazy because, uh, you know, my original schedule was 18 days. Then we had to just crunch it and crunch it and crunch it and, you know, ended up being 12 days. 
Um, but it, you know, thankfully it all worked out. We did have a couple of rain delays, which was, <laughs> you know, I hate weather delays. We have, when you have to cancel a day, cause then you have to reschedule, you know, roughly 50, 60 people in their entire schedules. Um, you know, but thankfully it all worked out and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm so, so, so thankful for the, for the casting crew who helped us with this. Cause part three is definitely like the most challenging that yeah. we've had to do. Um, and everyone had to be completely on top of their game if we wanted to get it done. And they just like blew away my expectations completely. Everyone was so phenomenal. So that was nice. Definitely. I'm still blown away that you're in high school. Your performance <laughs> is just so nuanced and so good. And you're playing a lot of times against these adult actors and you don't miss a beat. I mean, Thank you. Yeah, and she's got some big scenes in part three with like these older, older actors who are, you know, very seasoned and man, some of oh, the scenes. Yeah, part three was um, one of the most challenging films I've done in years. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, from a dramatic standpoint and from just even a technical standpoint, yeah. this whole film was just a giant challenge. So you said you're a senior. So is acting something you're planning to pursue after high school? Or are you looking in like the opposite direction? Yeah, my answer to this question always seems to disappoint people. So Conrad's going to shut his mouth at this. Um, I'm I I am going to continue acting in college, but I um, I'm I'm going to be going academically in a different route. Um, I want to major in sociology and uh, go to law school after college. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's pretty crazy. Um, so what McKenna just said is all a lie. She's going to be acting in Mudblood four, five, and six coming twenty twenty two. But yeah, no, she's a versatile human, so she'll do it all. You can't put a four, five, and six out in the universe because people are going to be like, "When's it coming?" Oh my God, no, you're right. No, I'm he sorry. was joking. There's he a joke. Was it's joking. a joke. It ends on part three. When you see the the final couple of scenes, you'll know that it's a definitive. Oh, it's such. Finale. It's such a ending i don't know what else how else to yeah. describe it you won't feel as though there are any loose ends i think yes and it might be a bittersweet ending but it's it might be happy might be sad uh, it might be shocking we have know, no idea I we'll find know. out when it. the movie comes out <laughs> yeah well i personally am really excited to sit down and definitely do my day job and not spend 45-ish minutes watching Mudblood Part 3 on Conrad Studios' YouTube channel on Friday, December 17th. Um, I guess we just covered McKenna's near future. Conrad, um, what can the people uh, look forward to from you in the coming weeks, months, year, etc.? Yeah, well, um, you know, we're going to still be promoting Mudblood, of course, and we're going to try to get it to be seen by as many Harry Potter fans as possible. And if, you know, people who are listening enjoy the series, uh, please be, you know, share it around because we love seeing new reactions from different Harry Potter fans, you know, all over the world. But as for me and what I'm doing next, I'm developing a horror film that we're going to try to film next year with McKenna. Oh, I was like, is this the one? It's the one, yeah. So, you know, possibly a horror film. And uh, I'm also rewriting an old short film of mine that I did five years ago, four years ago, that I plan to perhaps shoot in um, Central America. So, which is exclusive. I haven't told that to anyone. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that's news to me. (laughs) Yeah, uh, whoops. Um, So, but that's, those are the two things that are down the line. And of course, there's going to be a very long vacation time uh, between, um, you know, then and, and now. 
I once read coming out of the end of the Sopranos run, David Chase had considered at how seriously I couldn't tell you, but David Chase had considered taking all the same characters, all the same actors and actresses, and just putting them in completely different scenes. Like he wanted to do Sopranos, like all the characters, but they worked at like a police precinct. Right. And then like Sopranos, but they were all teachers. You should do that. You should take all the mud, cast and keep the same names, same personalities and everything. And just put them in different scenarios around kind of the world and see what happens. That would actually be, and the sisters are just trying to like, oh, I yes. don't know, get a date with, I don't know, Merlin or something. I don't know. It could be interesting. <laughs> that could be an interesting scenario. We should do it as a play or as a musical. One of those. All I'm saying is not for nothing. <laughs> Leaky Con is a convention that theoretically in a non-pandemic world happens every year where you have thousands of Captain Harry Potter fans and anybody can submit for a panel. And the panel could even be a watch party or a table read or a live performance or anything of the sort. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. That's that's a good idea. I think we wanted to do LeakyCon this year, but it got canceled. Yeah, our girl Carrie was going to. Yeah. She told us about it. Yeah, yeah. Carrie was really hyping it up and we were really excited. We uh, DJ, our producer, actually reached out to them. And, you know, next thing you know, they canceled it. So maybe next year for sure. That's yeah. such a good idea. The uh, Stevens in my brain because I literally wrote a note about LeakyCon viewing party question mark. Because <laughs> uh, the for, the next one is in July at the end of July in Orlando and then October in Denver. Well, let's try to go to both. <laughs> right. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Well, one more time, um, I'll just ask you, Conrad and and McKenna, certainly both of y'all, to. Tell us how you're feeling right now. You know, last time with Conrad, we talked to you and you were, and this is not a judgment whatsoever. I say this, you, you were frenetic last time because we were right there within the 24-hour window of part two being released <laughs> with a slightly longer window sitting between us and when part three releases. How are both of y'all feeling? And um, yeah, how, how do you put a bow on this past year and a half of, of hard work? Um. I'm stoked. I'm super excited. I've got finals this week. So this is making, it's bringing me through. Um, It's like the the light at the end of my tunnel right now. I'm so excited and I'm not nervous at all because that's their job. I've already done my job and I'm just so, so, so excited to see it finished. Yes. We actually have a red carpet premiere for all Modbloods 1, 2, and 3 Friday, which is something we haven't advertised. You know, it's a it's a private event for friends and family, but it's 200 people, you know, and it's a red carpet. You know, we're arriving in a limo and everything. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be pretty dang cool, and we're going to be showing all three Mudbloods, and that's going to be the first time anyone sees Mudblood Part 3, uh, so it'll come out slightly uh, before the online release is, will be our premiere. Um, so I'm, I'm excited because this is the first time that I'm, or the first time in a long time that I'm actually doing a film or finishing a film that I know will be seen by an actual audience. And we rented out two auditoriums to screen it. Cause we have that many people. So it's, it's going to be pretty cool. We're excited. I mean, I'm not panicking at all, even though we still have like, you know, lots to oh, do. Uh, oh no, it'll be good. Uh, the music's coming in. Uh, you know, we have most of it finished the visual effects. There is an insane amount of visual effects in Mudblood Part 3. I think we have over 115 sequences. That's just sequences. Shots, it's like so many. Uh, and it's it's a ridiculous amount of work that these guys have been pulling. I mean, we were doing ADR today still. 
tweaking audio. We still have to finish the sound design. I mean, it's still a lot of work. These guys are awesome. Our post-production guys, they work nonstop. Yeah. They're so amazing. They're, I don't know how they don't sleep. Like I, I try to get some sleep and then no matter what, my phone just goes off notification, you know, an email or like a text from someone asking me a question. So I'll like, you know, I'll be sleeping at three in the morning and I'll be answering a music question, go back to sleep, you know, back up at seven in the morning. These guys are still working on the movie, which is crazy, yeah. but you know, that's why we love them and they're the best at what they do. So with that, because you just talked about a lot of your cast and crew, one of the things we do here on Creating Magic is shout out a lot of creators and people we just like and enjoy. Would you care to shout out some of your cast, crew, people you've worked with and that have really been part of this film? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd love to, you know, say howdy to the entire cast and crew who has been terrific. Uh, you know, in particular, my, my post-production guys, because those guys have just been sleep deprived. Uh, Patrick, our editor, uh, and then Sam, our, our head of visual effects and Diego, our composer. I mean, those guys have been really carrying, uh, you know, the post-production process. And of course, you know, uh, the cast that has, is still you know working with us, even even today, uh, Crystal, who plays Bertha from part one. She's also in part three. I mean, she was even doing ADR today and we had to get her back into the, cause she's British in the film. So we had to get her back into that voice, into that state of mind that, you know, even though she wrapped filming, you know, months ago. Um, so definitely a big shout out to them. And then Evan, let's give a shout out to Evan. Shout out to Evan. Who plays um, Alvin. This is his first movie. Yeah. He's also in high school. He's younger than McKenna. Yeah. And he just like, wow. Is, like, his first ever production. Yeah. yeah. Um, shout out to Carrie, of course, for yes. her constant support on the film. Oh, she's so cool. Um, to all of our friends yeah. who traveled, Naray, everybody. Everyone. Everyone's been terrific. It's just been such a joy working with this cast and crew. And, and certainly to our producer, DJ, who is uh, just fantastic. And she's superb. Sorry, I just had a moment when you said DJ. I'm like, I think I interacted with DJ on Clubhouse like months and months ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. She loves Clubhouse. Oh. I, think, I think you were the, one of the first people I interacted about, and that's how I found out about it, because the big Harry Potter group, at the time, I was the Ravenclaw head of house. Okay, yes, it is. I remember now. Oh, so we're here because of DJ. Oh I God. knew it. Thank you, DJ. Oh, thanks, DJ. Don't remember those three weeks when Clubhouse was a thing? That was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a, a, a nice little fad. Is there a set drop time? So we know it releases December 17th. Have you set a time for release? I knew this question was coming, Danny. I knew it. And <laughs> this is the question I've been dreading because normally it'd be midnight. Normally I'd say it's midnight because that's how we released part one and two was the midnights. But this time it will not be midnight. Um, so as of right now, it's 9 p.m. Eastern will be the release on Friday night because we want to get uh, an evening crowd because I yeah. don't. Yeah, I want to see the premiere before everybody else does. That's not fair. Yeah. So we and, and, and we want the, the cast and crew to see the film before everyone else um, just to give them that moment. And, and the film starts at 630 for the cast and crew uh, and then 9 p.m. Eastern on Friday, the 17th is when. It all ends. So what you're telling me is I have to work on Friday. Uh, <laughs> I'll send you a secret link. <laughs> oh no, that that's absolutely wonderful. I am I'm so happy for y'all having been a, a third party viewer of this journey for the past handful of months. Um it looks like a tremendous amount of effort, effort that I could never fathom putting into damn near anything, much less filming out in the cold. Um 
so truly, uh, congratulations and and this is this is absolutely incredible. I'm thrilled for part three and and Thank I'm you. thrilled to after watching part three, sit down and watch them all cumulatively as once. And um, I know that at um, I was too busy complaining. You say nine or nine thirty. I plan on um, sitting down to Conrad Studios YouTube page and, and enjoying Mud Blood Part Three. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you. it's it's funny Thank because so every time we release a new Mud Blood movie, people discover the first one. It's like um, I just got you know my my YouTube stats for the year, and it said that the most views that we'd ever gotten was in July. But it was from Mud Blood Part One, and that's when we released Part Two. So you know, you gotta rewatch the whole. You gotta rewatch them and rewatch it again. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is the YouTube the best place slash only place that it'll be released? Yes. So it'll be exclusively released on the Conrad Studios YouTube channel on December seventeenth. People can follow our progress on Instagram at Mud Blood Film if they desire, or on Facebook at Mud Blood Film. Um, or also on TikTok, because I post every day, lots of crazy behind the scenes, lots of cool little moments, you know, and that's my name, Conrad Farah 53. And yeah, like literally every every day at noon, there will be a new video every, every day this week, uh, you know, promoting the film. We will join in and watching all of that content. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys very much for Thanks having so us. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, this was so fun. Mikhail, please keep acting. I, go be a lawyer and a sociologist and whatever the heck you want to do. Please keep acting. Thank you. <laughs> December 17th, 9 p.m., Conrad Studios on YouTube. Can't wait to see all the amazing feedback you guys will get. Thank you so much. We're so appreciative. We can't wait to share this film with everyone. Well, that was an awesome conversation. That was. I'm very excited to watch part three. I watched part one and part two today in preparation. I am amazed that McKenna's in high school. I was floored. I had no idea. I thought she was just a very appropriately young, not inappropriately young, like appropriately young looking like you know, early to mid 20s. Yeah, I was assuming college aged. She has a presence about her and her acting that does not read as somebody has to go to math class tomorrow. No. Yeah, that was that was really good. And it's always a pleasure to talk to Conrad. You know, we should do more of these like post conversation little wrap ups where you and I just kind of jazz. This feels fun already. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, it's kind of like a little editorial. I like it. <laughs> um, Danny, who is your creator shout out for this week? My creator shout out is Wheeler's Wand Shop. They are a wand shop, obviously. Their Instagram says, fan of fantasy, maker of magic. However, custom orders are fully booked. But she has some amazing and very creative wands. Like, I'm always down for a good wand shop. And hers are very different than what I see, I've see. i seen. They're very vibrant and very detailed. So go check her out. You may have to wait a little if you want a custom wand, but she's worth checking out. Once again, that's at Wheeler's Wand Shop. You know, that's one thing we forgot to ask Conrad is the wands in Mudblood are really cool. I was wondering, watching and rewatching, where they got those from. I had a note to ask and then I just forgot. Uh, great minds, Danny. Great minds. Um, I have two shout outs this week. Both are names that are in varying respects familiar to podcast listeners. Um, the first is good friend of the pod, Lex Potter, uh, 
um, who left a very kind review on Apple Podcasts at underscore Lex Potter underscore uh, Lex. Thank you. You know, we love you and appreciate you. Um, if you're someone who is appreciating this podcast, um, go leave us a review. Go leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really doesn't do much other than it makes us happy. And certainly we try every week to make you happy. So um, we would always appreciate that. Thank you, Lex. Uh, my other shout out for today goes to Haley uh, at Haley, H-A-E-L-I dot Lane, L-A-Y-N-E. Haley is someone who had a different Instagram name uh, many moons ago, early on in the podcast run when I gave her a shout out for having some cool content. And she is someone who, along with her mother, we met this past weekend at Universal when Danny and I were down there in Florida, um, along with many other wonderful people. Um, And Haley, it was so fun getting to meet you in person and and put an actual real-life face to a name. And you were so sweet and kind, and your mother seems awesome. And I hope you're – I think you're still down there, you said. I think you said you were at at Universal for like two weeks, which just sounds like a dream. So – I hope you're having a great time and, and hope you have a great holiday and, and thank you for, for being a cool person and for supporting the community and the podcast. So those are my two shout outs, Danny. Yeah, I'm really excited now that like things are slowly opening up again and travels happening to like start meeting people again in the parks. Like in Haley, we had no idea she was down there and she just messaged us when she saw our stories and we were able to meet over at Madame Malkin's. To that end, I'll give people months of heads up here. Um, Danny and I, as well as many, 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 many other incredible Harry Potter people, will be at Universal the very end of January for Uncelebration of Harry Potter. That's the weekend of January 29th, 30th. I know for sure that Danny and I will be there on the 29th. Is that the Saturday? I think it is. That sounds right. That is correct. Yes. Um, So Saturday the 29th, Danny and I will be at Universal for sure. Otherwise, there are some days in January where Danny probably will definitely be at the parks, Universal and Disney, given she lives down there. I know I'm going to be at Disney in February for a couple days uh, in mid-February. So the moral of the story, dear listeners, is give us a shout. If you're going down to either Disney or Universal at any point in 2022, because you have a good chance of seeing Danny, given she lives down there. Uh, slightly less good chance of seeing me, because I don't live down there. But I make my way down frequently enough. And if you're not tired of me yet, you know, a day at the parks will do that. So, uh, you know, uh, let us know. At Creating Magic Podcast. At Creating Magic Podcast. That's all I got. That's all I got, too. Bye. Wow.